We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All systems are good. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Vliet! Thanks for coming by my house. Yeah, normally uh, when you're going to somewhere in the valley to shoot with uh, an iPhone and some lights, usually there's uh, there's a lot of nudity involved. And uh, so, yeah, this is where we, we film porn, folks. Uh, but yeah, no, now now it's nice to come in and you have a lot of awards promptly displayed in, in your apartment, uh, obviously trying to get laid. Yes. Uh, that's what you do. You go, oh, I have daytime Emmys. I, the second you walk in the door, I, I want people to go, oh, my gosh, yes. look at this. Yes. See, uh, I have a wife, so uh, my Emmys are non-existent. No, um, no, I, isn't can't, your, I, isn't, I can't blame that on her. Your award is your <laughs> child, right? Yes. But, like, uh, I've had people make, like, fans have made, like, insane pictures of me, like, like hand-painted, like, pictures of me and i can't display that like yeah. right like right as you walk in like hello like <laughs> like it's i just feel like it'd be very alex rodriguez of me uh he's kind of known for doing that yeah um there's there's a, there, there's a rumor that he has a painting of himself as a centaur uh in his I've house heard this i i want to see this painting uh but yeah so it's it's, it's nice you come in we're just a couple of boys in the valley you put your name on your microphone. That's nope. it. No ego there. No. Nope. Uh, no, I get it. It's branding. <laughs> it's branding. Yes. Um, how do you pronounce your last name? Van Vliet. Van Vliet. Yes. So when, when the ancestors came over many, many generations yeah. ago. It's they a Dutch sh- name, right? Yes, it is. There you go. They should have spelled it V-L-E-E-T. Or okay. F-L-E-E-T, like Fred Van Vliet, the place, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Vliet, the place for the Raptors. Oh, not the um, uh, video thing that's going away from Twitter. The oh, fleeting, yeah. yes, or Greta Van Fleet. <laughs> yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. I, so. You're Van, Van Fleet. Sound sounds like either a wrestler or a comic book villain. One, only uh, one, only like once it. you can pronounce it correctly. Yeah, because this gets pronounced incorrectly all the time. That's why I ask. Uh, yeah, no, no, no problem there. Brad Williams, mm-hmm. you never have a problem getting your name pronounced. Uh, yeah, pretty much. It's very white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Um, nothing crazy. I, I, I don't have a weird celebrity name. It's it's nothing. I've not named after a fruit. Uh, nothing like that. Just Brad Williams. Just people go like, uh, so Brad, what's your heritage? I'm like, just white as fuck. <laughs> just, that is my heritage. White as fuck when they talk about white privilege they just go through my genealogy and go yeah that 
Yeah, that too, and that. Yeah. So uh, this is what privilege looks like, everybody. This is it right here. Four foot four adult male privilege. Four foot four. Yeah, you damn right. Or do you like exaggerate that a little bit? No. Like I, how five foot ten guys say they're six feet tall? Yeah, but see, dwarves can tell, and I don't want to get a lot of dwarf hate. I, I don't want you to put get, uh, get that on your YouTube channel because, mm. like, if, if if I said oh, I'm four foot five, fifty three inches, all 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 the little people would be like, no, we can tell. <laughs> We know exactly. Like, what? Yeah, what I've is- had I've had dwarves come up to me at, at, after shows, and I go, "What are you about three foot nine? They go, "How the fuck?" I go, "Come on, we know. Like, yeah, we, yeah, like yeah. we just know." What is the cutoff? What is the official cutoff? Four foot eleven, uh, or like, eh, there's an argument like four foot ten, four foot eleven. Uh, that's when you're legally handicapped if you're below that. Uh, na- but like in terms of cutoff for being a dwarf. I have dwarfism. That's a genetic yeah. condition. Uh, I have achondroplastic dwarfism. So I could be, if I got above five feet, I would still be a dwarf because that's mm. my genetics. Not to get to Mendel Square on you. Uh, Mendel Square? Grendel Square. Someone made a square. I don't know. He was a friar. Mendel I, I, Square, Grendel Square sounds like something from Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a chant before, but, but that's, how, that's how I grow. Uh, but yeah, you, 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 say, you, you say that. You but just it, didn't chant it enough when you no, were young. Not yeah, at all. That's it. No, 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 no chanting, no veggies. This is what happens. Shit. <laughs> when did you start to lean into the fact that you were a dwarf? Oh, very young. Uh, because, because of my parents. Uh, okay. My dad specifically. Now, my dad, not a dwarf. We don't all come from the same tribe. And uh, so when I was born, he knew that I would be made fun of as a kid when I got to school. Like, he's like, oh, man, uh, kids are going to look at that and kids are going to make fun of you. Mm-hmm. So his philosophy was he, he, he would make fun of me first and uh, like, but do it in a supportive way. Like, hey, I just insulted you. Hit me back with something. So then. Wow, like toughen you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like even like three, four years old, he would like make fun of me and then we would write jokes together. We, we would write comebacks. So, like, when I went to school, um, my very first day of school, uh, a kid came up and went, like, ha-ha, you're little. And I looked at him and went, ha-ha, your mom doesn't live with your dad anymore. And, oh, we wrote good ones. So Little uh, did you know you were preparing for your career. Literally. He prepared me to be a stand-up comic. So when I dropped out of college to be a stand-up comedian, he shouldn't have been surprised. But uh, he because it's like, dude, you, you, you made me. I'm you, dad. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's that's when I became aware of it, and really just once you go to school, because once you go to school, kids just look at you and they go like, "All right," and they si- and they size you up, and they go, "What's the thing you're gonna? What's the thing we can make fun of you for? What's yeah. the thing we can know? Like if you have a mole, if you got like I'm sure you came out with that hair exactly. I, I did, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the, yeah, you, you never had the bowl cut. Um, so yeah, so they probably came out and said like, "All right, Stone Phillips." Uh, oh, that'd be great, right? Nice wow, reference, thank right? You so much, yeah. So uh, yeah, they they always latch onto that, and my dad knew they were going to latch onto my dwarfism, and they did. And then I just had comebacks, and once someone hits you, and then you and then you counterpunch. Now, now you're the cool guy. So, mm-hmm. like, I like people talk about like growing up with rough childhoods. Uh, I, I, I didn't. I was, I was the cool guy in school. I was, I was everybody's friend, and uh, no one really like. Every now and then, a new, a new kid would come in, and they would try to like stake their claim and impress people. But like, like, okay, who's the weakest guy? Oh, Brad. Okay, I can make fun of him. And then they would start making fun of me, but then I would fire back, and then that wouldn't go well for them. Yeah, so, you, you have um, an immense amount of confidence. It's an insane amount of confidence. Yeah. But you kind of have to, to be a stand-up comic. Like, 
everyone's like, oh, stand-up comics, they're very egotistical. It's like, yeah, you have to, because you, we have to go up in, in a room full of strangers and go, my thoughts deserve to be heard, not yours. The concept of stand-up <laughs> comedy yeah. is ridiculous. It's, it's insane. It's I, a room full of people that are paying yes. for you to yes. make us laugh. Yes, and my thoughts, and, yeah. my, and my words, and my, and my writings, these are important. Now, if you yell out or start having thoughts or talk during my show, you will be escorted away. <laughs> but my thoughts are why we're here. Like this it's is not very, a discourse. Yes, it's very egotistical. I'm, wow. I'm insanely aware of that. Did your parents have to sit you down at a young age and go, "All right, Brad, mm -hmm. you're a little bit different from the other kids"? Yeah, that's really yeah 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 yeah. And uh, they kind of prepared me for the whole thing. And and, so, and your mom and dad yeah. are are not dwarves. Correct. Yeah yeah. Mom 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 dad both tall. Uh, it's not like you drive down the street and be like, which house do the dwarves live in? Oh, it's the, it's the mushroom with the door in it. Like, that's not, that's not, that's not how it goes. Oh man, I'll uh, never find your house now. <laughs> thank God. Uh, but yeah, so, so they, they, they prepared me for life. They didn't, cause my dad has a, has a real basic philosophy and that's, uh, there's the world that is and the world that should be. And many mm. parents make the mistake of preparing their children for the world that should be, you know, like, oh yeah, no, no one's ever going to make fun of you. It's like, yeah, yeah, people are going to make fun of you. That's the world it is. So uh, they prepare me for the world it is. And so now when I like it, because when uh, Chris Titus has this great old bit where uh, he, he says like, you want to be with a dysfunctional person because a dysfunctional person knows how to react when things go wrong uh, because they're used to it. They've mm. experienced it before. Some, someone who's never had anything go wrong in their lives. When something goes wrong, they have no idea how the hell to react. They, mm. they, they don't know what to do. So that's, that's kind of how I was prepared for. I was prepared for the world that is. And, uh, so when that world came up, I was like, okay, I, mm. I I've trained for this. <laughs> so when you have a kid, mm -hmm. is there a high likelihood that your kid will be a dwarf? Uh, for me personally, uh, being that my wife is tall, that yeah, that's right. Uh, that that's how you know I'm really good at this job. Brad, you're a comedian. Are you funny? <laughs> that's who I fuck. Uh, sorry, can I curse on this? Of course, it's okay. the internet. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So yes, uh, my my wife is tall. So the odds of us having a, a dwarf child was uh fifty percent. Um, and then, but uh, also the odds of having a tall child, yes, are fifty percent. Yes, and I was supposed to stay neutral and not have any uh, hopes and just be like, whatever, kid. And but so, but selfishly, I wanted my child to be a dwarf, and uh, I got <laughs> I got that wish. So uh, yeah, my daughter is also a little person. Um, yeah, I I wanted a dwarf child because I didn't want a, a tall kid. That like it's like I'm kids nine. You know, Go to your room. Fuck you, dad. <laughs> like I don't want that. So uh, uh, for very selfish reasons, I want her to be a little person. But she is, and uh, she's doing great. And uh, yeah, life is good. I had a similar conversation with Hornswoggle about this. Oh, because I'm seeing him later this week. Cause oh, because we, we all because we all know each other. <laughs> and that's not even a joke. We we literally do all know each other. I'm doing a show this week. I don't know when this is going to come out. Probably beyond this. But um, <clears throat> this weekend, as we're recording this, I'm heading to Appleton, Wisconsin to do shows. That's where he lives. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, and His I've heard, son is a normal-sized person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His son is tall. So you, so you, you see them <laughs> walking around. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, His and, son is taller than him. Yes, 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 yes. And obviously way younger, uh, hence son. Uh, but, yeah, uh, 
So it's it's nice though. I, I I've seen that. I've seen what's happened with his life, and I, I I know other friends that have tall kids. And I go, ah, I want a dwarf kid. <laughs> he told me his son got taller than him at nine. Just just like your That's story. That's terrifying to me. That's <laughs> terrifying. I don't know if I'd be able to. I mean, obviously you cope with whatever gets thrown your way. But yeah, just that would. That that'd be scary to me, you know. Just like ah, I told you not to like that. That that's horrifying. When we set up this camera angle, I uh-huh. said, you know, you you look pretty tall here, and you're yeah. like, no, I have a normal sized everything. Yeah, so what? Uh, not, no, not everything, uh, but uh, some things are very small. Uh, but yeah, I have an and average. Some size. things are proportionate. Yes, yes. Yeah. I have an average sized torso. I have so my type of dwarfism. There's tons of different types of dwarfism. It's not just dwarfism. Uh, my type is called achondroplasia. It is characterized by uh, shorter limbs, so my la- so my arms and legs are smaller. My torso is average size. My head is fucking huge, and I have an ass that Cardi B wishes. <laughs> that's how that works. That's how, that that's that, that that's the breakdown of the achondroplastic dwarf. Body. Okay, with all that said, how do you mm-hmm. find clothes that fit you? Uh, well, it's very tricky. Tops are fine. Shirts, this is great. By the mm-hmm. way, I didn't even know I was coming to meet a Canadian, and I'm wearing a shirt that has a uh, where is it? It's on this side. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's got the maple hey, leaf on there. Is this from Root? It's Guess. Yeah, it it's like Guess. It's shirt. Guess, but I bought it uh, in Montreal, so they had some very pro Canada stuff up there. And uh, yeah, play so, bien. Yeah, or, I don't know what that means. Uh, very good. Don't estan mis pantalones. Anyway, uh, something about pants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, uh, shirts, uh, just adult small. Pants are a little more difficult. Uh, I have a tailor. I've, I've put his kids through college. Um, and, and Where do the pants start? Do they start as? Because uh, wh- I have the Cardi B ass. So it, you can't, you're like, oh, you just get kids' pants. It's like, nah, big ass. They, the kids, the kids if, if a kid has a waistline like mine, they've got a lot of issues. Uh, they probably have a TLC reality show at that point. Um, <laughs> so yes, uh, it's a big ass uh, waist, and then we chop them down uh, on, on the legs. Shoes are weird because everyone's like, "Oh man, I'm into sne-. like sneakers are huge right now. Yeah. They're, they're they're huge." But it, it like I go into the Foot Locker and I say, "All right, bring me out some size fours. and they're like, "All right, we got two options for size four. We have this, which has wheels in the heel, and we have this, and these light up when you talk uh, or, or when you walk. So I'm rocking Skechers. So hey. God bless you, Skechers. Um, I did a corporate gig one time for Skechers, and they liked me, so now they send me free Skechers. Hey, well, then pump Skechers as much as you want. Damn right, Skechers. Yeah. These, these these relaxed fit shoes are great. They got no laces on them, and I just slip them on, and I go, and they're comfortable as all hell. They're, da- they're dad shoes. Get yourself some Skechers. Both you and Hornswoggle uh-huh. openly use the term little person. Yeah. Which sounds very derogatory to me. I know. You're a person, but you're a little person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 missed the meeting. Um I I feel like we should have had a meeting where we just go like, okay, this is the thing. Because you're supposed to say little person and you're supposed to say dwarf. And those are fun. And you're not supposed to say midget. You're not supposed to say that. Okay. I I throw that word around, uh, but you know. And but you're a funny guy. Eh, yeah, yeah. It's like I don't find it. And like, if, if someone calls me a midget, I look more at intent, um, in terms of or, like, because if 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 you call me midget and you don't know it's a bad word, okay, I'm I'm not gonna get mad at you. I might correct you, maybe. Um, but 
like, because I've been called, like, okay, so one time I did a show in Odessa, Texas, and I got done with the show, and uh, during the show, I had some guys thrown out because they were heckling, they were drunk as hell, and we went back and forth, and then I had them thrown out. Mm. When oh. the show ended, I was walking out to the car to take me back to the hotel, and I saw uh, the pickup truck lights turn on, and the guys started racing towards me, and they yelled out, kill the dwarf! <laughs> and I wasn't going to stop in that moment and go, Thank you for using the proper terminology. It's like no, the intent was not yeah. friendly. The intent was bad. So uh, like it killed you. That's what they said. Thankfully, they never got to me. Uh, we got in the car and we drove off. And they had a big truck and 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 they're also very dumb. Uh, so they 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 couldn't follow. So, uh, but yeah. So I don't really worry too much about the terms. I know everyone freaks out now about like terminology yeah. and things like that. For me, it's all about intent. Are you my friend? Are you trying to be my friend? Right. What What are we doing here? And yes, kind of like, kind of like you were with where they say like, "Oh, little person." It's like, yeah, yeah, person, but you're little. And yeah. it's yeah, and it's like I've seen Puerto Ricans. They're little people. <laughs> like they're very tiny people. Like so Kevin Hart is a little person. He's a little person. He's yeah. a person, not quite. But he's not a little yeah, person. Exactly. And then dwarf, of course, Disney comes in and kind of messes that up. Uh, yeah. so we, we were all doing good and then that happened. So yeah. Uh, so it's like, yeah, dwarf doesn't seem right. Little person doesn't seem right. Midget doesn't seem right. Yeah. I like I, I like to throw out new terms. So like, um, uh, these, I think most little people can agree on this term. Um, I like, uh, I like to refer to myself as a big dick Magoo. Uh, there it is. Yeah. So when, when you see a male little person, of course, uh, you, you refer to them as a big dick Magoo mm. and, uh, they are never offended. And a female. <laughs> I, haven't, I, I haven't gone that far yet. I'll, I'll think of something. And then, and then you, uh, my people call you a, uh, reacher. A reacher. A reacher. Yeah. What am I reaching for? Whatever we ask you. (laughs) (laughs) So when we're out, we're like, why am I a reacher? Go go to the store with me. You'll find out. So does your wife grab all of the glassware that's up really high? Yes. Yes. Which which also means it's very easy for her to force me to be on a diet. (laughs) Puts the cookies up there and I'm like, my my, my people made these and I can't. Okay. Uh, So yeah. Yeah. but yes, yeah, so you tall folk are reachers. I love that term. The the number one thing that mm. people Google about you is your wife. Yeah, I that's think weird. Well, I think it's because people are like, how did he yeah. get her? Yeah, and the answer, money. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd say that. And you're a big dick Magoo. I, and I'm big dick Magoo. Yeah. So that uh, uh, combined. Uh, no, no. thankfully, um, my wife met me when, uh, we, uh, when I didn't have... I was doing okay, but not great. And now I'm doing now I'm doing much better. Well, now so you own a house she, in Los Angeles. Yeah, so that explains everything. Yeah, so she invested well. <laughs> <laughs> she 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 picked the right stock. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it, it is weird. I've done that thing where I'm looking up something like I do an interview and I go, oh, I I, I want to find that interview. Yeah. So let me see where it is. And I Google Brad Williams, and then it does the autofill. And yeah, yeah. it's always. Brad Williams' wife, and then it's, and the next one is Brad Williams' baby, and I'm like, whoo! It's, it's it's weird knowing that people are caring that much to look that up. Well, and I think you've done the two things that people didn't expect you to do. Yeah, yeah, have a hot wife and uh, reproduce. <laughs> um, that's yeah. So that they so they want my know. hat is off. I'm not even wearing a hat, but Thank my hat's you. off. Oh yeah, yeah, you can't wear a hat; it would mess up the hair. You can't. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's strange, and it's something that I have to be aware of because. Uh, so 
about three months ago, uh, my wife was at a grocery store and I was not there, but she was there doing the shopping and uh, the baby was with her and someone saw them and went, Brad Williams, baby, and just ran up and like was about to grab my baby to be like, oh, cute baby. And then my wife was like shoved her back, like, get the fuck away <laughs> from me. not normal. Yeah, like, who are you? Yeah. And they kind of forget like, oh, that's a weird thing that a human shouldn't do. Just grab a stranger's baby. We don't know you. But yeah, she literally yelled out Brad Williams' baby and then started. So I stopped uh, posting photos of her on Instagram. Uh, oh, or man. or if I do, I do it like from the back or put a little emoji over her face or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Which emoji do you like to pick over oh, her face? Uh, I mean, she's half Chinese, so I can't do the t- I can't do the panda bear. That's racist. Uh, so I do something completely off the rails and do like a kangaroo or something. Koala. <laughs> oh, she's part Australian. But the problem is, is now I put an emoji over her face and then go, wow, dwarf babies look weird. It's like it's an emoji. Calm down. <laughs> yeah. It's not, that's not how we grow. Uh, so yeah, that, 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 that was kind of an eye opening wake up call to me not like, okay, I have to be careful with her identity because she hasn't chosen to put herself out there yet. You know, she has, if if one day she wants to, okay. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've chosen this life and like, and like, and like my wife, she's not on social media, which is probably a good thing. Um, cause like she has a private Facebook thing and she gets messages all the time. Uh, from people trying to be friends because they look her up, they find her, and oh, then they—it's weird. And yeah. the weird, the weirder one is when other male dwarves look her up and they send her a message, and it's like, really, dude? You think like, well, well, well she fucked that one. She has a type. She probably will. And it's like, well, first of all, when it comes to little people, it's like me and Dinklage. It's like me, Dinklage, we man. Like we're the top. We're on the current Mount Rushmore. Okay, and I'm probably forgetting someone, and I and I'm sorry. But uh, Hornswoggle could be the yeah, fourth. Yeah, person. Swoggle. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah there's four on there. Yeah. So yeah. it's like so it's like I'm on the Mount Rushmore of current working dwarves. So I I don't know what you think you're gonna accomplish, but good fucking luck to you, buddy. Um, but that but that's one of the things that I I'll, I'll tell people is uh in um, because I'm in a, a my my wife is Chinese. I'm I'm a dwarf, so it's a mi- so it's a mixed race relationship. Um, <laughs> whoever you end up with, if you're in a mixed race relationship, that's what everyone's just gonna assume your thing is. Sure. So yeah, everyone yeah, thinks yeah. that my wife is in the dwarves. Everyone thinks I love Asian women. And if you look at my internet history, you're not wrong. Uh, but <laughs> everyone just thinks like, oh, that that's your thing. So that's. I like mixed race relationships. I think they're really fun and progressive. But just if you're getting into one, just realize that's what everyone thinks your thing is going to be. Had she dated a dwarf before you? No, thankfully. I didn't go through and find a bunch of ex-boyfriends and they were all like, represent. like I, I, I never saw that, <laughs> thankfully. So yeah, I was her first one. It's not like it's not like the first time we had sex, she pulled out a stamp of a smurf, put it on the side of her bed like a fighter pilot, just boom, got another one. Like like it wasn't like that. Not at all. When you went down this career path realizing <laughs> I'm gonna go on stage with a microphone and try to make people laugh with my thoughts. Yes. Did you go, I immediately have to lead with what people see? Yeah. Um well at first I didn't. I didn't want to. Because then the bar is raised because you're yeah. like, I want to be a great comedian who's a great comedian. Yeah. I don't want to be a great Dwarf yeah, comedian. yeah, yeah. It, it's this weird balance that I've that I have to do because if I go on stage and I don't talk about it, rather than paying attention, the entire audience is like, "Does he know?" 
what's a scene? It, should we tell him? Like, it's it's strange. So, and I, like, as a comic, I try to write jokes about my life. My life is that of a little person. I can't write jokes from the perspective of a six foot two man. Like, sure. I, I don't know how to do that. I don't know what that life is. I, I know what my life is. So my life will always have a dwarf perspective on sure. it, but they're not going to be, if you watch my act now, it's not an hour of, I could take a bath in a thimble. That's weird. Like, it's not that. Yeah. So it, 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 I go into a bunch of different with topics. That. Yeah, you lead with that. You go into some other things. Maybe while you're into another topic, you have a tag or a punchline that kind of leads back to it. Like, there's a whole way to do it. But, yeah, I don't like to, because sometimes I'll do a dwarf joke on Instagram. Like, uh, I did one recently um, where... I walked by a sign of a restaurant and the sign said short staffed <laughs> and I'm like, well, oh, that's funny. So I, I, I just stood next to it. Like, Son of a bitch. like, uh, like, uh, like, Oh, all, all my friends are, all my friends work here or whatever. And then someone of course commented like, Oh, so you can only make dwarf jokes. It's like, no, I do other stuff. But when the opportunity, you know, like shows itself, yeah, yeah. you fucking go for it. Like, yeah. like that's a joke. Like, there was a guy who came to my show. I, I did a show a few weeks ago in Rhode Island. And a guy came to the show. Literally, he's old. He's fat. He has a white beard. And he's wearing a Santa Claus t-shirt. Come on. Yeah. I had to take a picture with him. I had to make a joke. I think the joke was when your old boss visits you at your new job. So um, good. You know, and, and it's just like, because that opportunity... It, 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 when, when, when it shows itself, you can't just be like, no, I'm too good for that. No, my job is to entertain people. My job is to make you laugh, make you smile, make you on social media look down at your phone and go, <laughs> like, that's literally, that's all, that's all I'm going for is you to go, that's <laughs> fine. A literal LOL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's it. So that's all I'm trying to do. Um, in my stand up act, I, I do the whole thing. I'll start with dwarf jokes, going to non dwarf jokes. Family stuff, commenting on modern day society, things like that, and then I'll. But like, if I if I'm just going for quick hitters, I'm not gonna deny myself a, a, an entire thing. And also, that's what people want to see. They don't like a lot of people. Like, if a fat person goes on stage or is on social media and just talks about being fat the whole time, we all know overweight people. We know fat people. It, same yeah. per, same thing with a black comic. Like, if it's just like, oh, like we know black people. It's like it's fine. Like, not a lot of people know little people. Not a lot of, like, and, and uh, like, Swaggle and me. Do you have any other dwarves in your life? Maybe, maybe an ex. You were drunk one night. I don't know. <laughs> now that's it. You yeah, and Swaggle. Exactly. So, I, yeah. we, and, and, and you came through those relationships in the, in the professional sense. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, there's not a lot of people have little people in, in their lives. So, they're genuinely curious. Yeah. And in terms of getting a message out there about little people, I trust me to do it more than another source. Like mm. I like, and that's one of the reasons why I love stand-up comedy so much. Well, you are an expert on the topic. Yeah, I've I've lived <laughs> my whole life as one. So um, I like to do things to where it's like, oh, I'm controlling the message because if you go and wait for someone else to tell your story, they're ne they're never going to get it right. And the media has never exactly gotten it right with little people. Hence the reason why we have so many stereotypes that are actually weird i had a joke way back in the day about like dwarves are the only group who's all like all our stereotypes are fantasy driven like none are true none are based so on any, any kind of fact like oh we make chocolate we make cookies 
and uh, we follow yellow brick roads. Like that's, yeah. and, and, and we wow. protect Snow White. Like that's our stereotypes. They're all fantastical. We don't have like, oh, we can't drive. Or we have a big dick or we're cheap. Now, those were stereotypes. I never said which group were the stereotypes. If, if you did the math in yourself, that's on you. You're the racist, not me. Anyway, um, so like we, we don't have any of those like stereotypes that are based on any kind of like fact, which is kind of strange. Yeah. When, when you started to realize that you wanted to be a comic, mm -hmm. and I mean, you talked about like how your dad kind of prepared you for this. Yeah. When did you realize, all right, I've actually got the courage to go on stage and try this for the first time? Oh, uh, I was, it was Father's Day weekend. That's all tying into your dad. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. It is. <laughs> it really is. Uh, fa Father's Day weekend, I took my dad. To, and you're how old? I'm, I'm 19 at the time. Okay. So 18 years ago. Uh, so I took my dad to the Brea Improv to see a comedian perform. And the comedian's, it's just for a Father's Day thing. And the comic is on stage. And at some point during his act, he starts making midget jokes. And half the audience is laughing. The audience that's sitting by me is like, yeah. And not laughing. And the comedian notices and goes, whoa, 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 what's happening here? He goes, what? Is one of them here? And it's I just one went. one of them here? Yeah. <laughs> and I raised my hand. And uh, he called me up on stage. Is this Carlos Mencia? Yeah. This, okay. Yeah. This is that story. Yeah, so yeah. I run up on stage. He starts uh, asking me questions. Just want to know about my life. I, an I answered the questions honestly. And then the question, my answers got laughs. So... Like, I wasn't trying to be funny, but my answers got laughs just like he's like, hey, wh what do you do for a living? And at the time, I was working at Disneyland. Because I, <laughs> exactly. I see where the yeah, joke's yeah. going. So, so I, I said, I work at Disneyland, and I heard people laugh, and I, and I turned to the audience and went, fuck you, I'm not one of the seven. And <laughs> that got a laugh, and I'm like, oh, shit, okay, that was fun. And that, and that felt really good. Yeah. So it was at that moment that I'm like, okay, I need to try this I, I i need to do this because wow. it, it felt really good and, and it felt like oh i just did something that made an entire audience laugh i was always interested in comedy but i never thought it could actually be a thing it's like if, if someone told me hey how do you become a pro football coach i go oh yeah like like if i if you today wanted to uh, today i'm gonna be a pro football coach like yeah how do you start down that path? I don't right. know. And that's what I, that's the same thing I thought about being a comedian where it's like, I don't know how people become comedians. They just kind of become comedians. Yeah. I guess you go, uh, go to an open mic yeah. question mark. Yeah. And so I, that's what I did. I just started doing that and, and you could just kind of slowly rise through the ranks. But I'm such a firm believer in the idea of like right place, right time, oh, that sure. whole butterfly effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine you had gone to a comedy show the day before. Yeah, and there were no midget jokes. There were no midget jokes. And, and, and we just walked out and went, well, that was a fun night. And then I went back on my path to trying to... You'd still to, be working at Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't be sitting here right now. I would be a manager. No. Um, and, and that's the thing is like I dropped out of school college uh, to do stand-up i had one year left i was going to usc make all the universities fight full of children on jokes yes fight on okay that's what people say uh yeah so universal spoiled children that's right um and a lot of uh, very famous people go to usc yeah uh, uh will ferrell's a trojan uh I, I, there, there's a bunch of them were that's you there it. at the same time as dave franco oh maybe he's a little younger than no you he's go. a little younger than me yeah yes he's a little younger than me 
But uh, I, I, I was there during a magical time where uh, Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush and all those yeah, guys were right. yeah. winning and all that yeah. stuff. It was great. Um, so that's what I was doing. And then I started doing stand up. And when you dropped out of USC, your parents were like, oh, thank God. We don't have to spend 50 grand a <laughs> yeah, year anymore. Yeah, I wanted to pay for that last year of school. Uh, they were not exactly happy. But, uh, but like, here's what I tell people. It's like I was majoring in communications. Hey. Yeah. That, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Like, I was trying to do your job. Like, I was right. – so it's like when I dropped out of school, we didn't lose a cancer cure. Yeah. Like, my, my goal before stand-up um, – once again, it will all tie back to my father. I have a lot of daddy issues. Um, my dad always told me I, I loved sports growing up and I wanted to be a, a sports announcer. And my dad said, yes, you could be a locker room reporter. You could interview Shaq's dick. And I just thought that was really funny. Yeah. And, I, and I thought, that'll work. I'll go into the NBA and be like, hey. so it, it, it'd be great. So uh, that's what I was trying to do. That's what I was going to school to do. And then I started doing comedy. I'm like, oh, this is fun. Th th this is great and uh, full circle um i did some work with the radio station out here k-rock and they actually sent me to a red carpet where um it was the in los angeles there's a essentially a lakers channel it's time warner sports it's this whole thing but i don't i won't get into it but this was the launch of the channel so they sent me to the red carpet um, to launch the channel, and all the Lakers were there. So I got to interview, at the time, uh, Dwight Howard was on the team, uh, Kobe, Steve Nash. Uh, oh, in the juxtaposition Pau Gasol. of you next to them. Yeah. I have a photo of Pau Gasol, and he's just, like, bending over, like, son of a bitch, guy. Like, really? And then I have an interview. Uh, I have a photo of me and Dwight Howard. Dwight's holding the microphone near his um, nether regions, and uh, he's just – he's kind of – interviewing me he's holding a mic he's on doing that and uh, so yeah that kind of thing came true so yeah it, it actually happened and if i ever do that again one day that'd be great i would love it but uh yeah so it, it, it's it's kind of crazy how the life how life came full circle the, well you've the got the access now because yeah you're you now have a certain level of celebrity yeah where they bring you in they go this comics can do these. Interviews. Yeah, we can. I can talk to people. I can be funny. I can. And uh, and if you're a comedian and you're my size and you can't make a joke when Dwight Howard is talking to you, <laughs> you you do it. Yeah, it, like oh, I almost I got in trouble that day, kinda, because um, I was on the red carpet and and Magic Johnson walked by and I I was like, hey, man, you know, everyone's trying to get him, and yeah. uh, he he walked over, saw me. And now I have to interview him. And have, have you have you done red carpet stuff before? Of course. Yeah, they're so, they're often terrible. Yes, because yeah. So as so as a red carpet person, you you know you can prepare for a, a few people, but overall, it's like some publicist throws someone in front of you, yes. and you just have to interview someone. I don't know who you are, or I know who you are, but I haven't prepared anything. Yeah. I just have to ask. So when, mm -hmm. when when they say like, why do they always ask people what they're wearing and who are they wearing? It's like because they didn't know they were going to talk to that person. It's just, Oftentimes, there the, you the, go. the publicists will go, this is so-and-so from this CW show, and they're already in front of you. You're like, uh, you said your name's Brad? Yeah, okay, and you just go. Yeah. So Vampire Diaries, talk to me about it. Yeah. Like, it, it, So um, I was not prepared to meet Magic, uh, but he comes over, and I just – and I, you have to go into your bank in terms of like uh -huh. what, what, and I go, okay. So you opened up a bunch of Starbucks. Uh, you are now, you're part owner of the Dodgers. Obviously all the, all, all the 
Lakers championships. At the time, he had just written like a huge check to some charity. And I go, you've raised, you know, millions of dollars. For whatever. And I go, how does it feel to be the world's greatest human? And I, I, I just do that. And he starts talking and he's kind of winded about his answer. And then he ends his answer with, and if I could do it all over again, I wouldn't change a thing. And my response was to go, not one thing? <laughs> not one thing, Magic Johnson. Not one, not one, not one. Okay. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> and they kind of pulled me aside like, what the fuck are you oh, doing? Wow. <laughs> and Magic's like my hero. So like, it was weird, but that's just the, the comedian part of me. Yeah, goes yeah. like, this is funny. Like, <laughs> you can't have Magic Johnson... HIV positive, be like, no, nah, it was a pretty perfect life. Pretty, pretty great. Nothing like I, I had to. The joke was right there. So um, I met Magic a few years later uh, uh, when, when I played in the um, NBA Celebrity All-Star Game. Uh, in I'm sure Sh- everybody in wanted you on their team. Yeah. <laughs> do you, do you want to lose? Have breath. Um, and, and I met him there and I and I asked him about that. And he goes, no, I don't remember that. I go, good. It never happened. Uh, okay, so... so 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 we're cool, everyone. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did you have a time early on in your career where you went on stage and just felt like it was not going well? Kind of like this Magic Johnson story, <laughs> but, you know, in, in the professional sense on stage. Yeah. Oh, totally. If, if, if any comic says, no, I've, I've never, never had that, that. no, then, then, then you're lying or you're just, you're insanely not self-aware. Does it make you go, ooh, I won't try those jokes again? Or does it make you go, Maybe this isn't the right career path for me. Early on, second one. Yeah. Early on, you go, and do did I make the right call? Should I go back to school? Should I try to do this? But then now, I'm in October. I'll be 18 years in comedy, and now it's like I go, no, no, no. I I know I'm good at this. I know I'm decent at comedy. So now, if a joke doesn't work, I go, okay, I messed up. I can make that. I can make that funny. I'll try it two more times and if i i'll switch it up like 
now I internalize it and go like, okay, like what, like now it's more like a math problem to me. Like, like if you're a mathematician and you didn't solve a problem, you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't be like, well, fuck it. I'm never doing math again. You'd be like, well, no, I just messed up. There's, there's a way to solve this problem. And I just don't know that way yet. And that's how I look at jokes. Now, if I tell a joke now and it doesn't work, I just go, okay, there's a way that I can solve this. I just haven't figured it out. So I have to figure out how to solve this. Um, so now I don't, I of course mind bombing. I don't, I don't want to bomb. I don't want a joke to ever do poorly, but I also know I'm that nobody in this business bats a thousand. Yeah. Like you're, you're, you're going to have jokes that don't work. Um, so I just have a different mindset, but yeah, back in the day. Oh yeah. Oh dude, jokes all the time. When I would say jokes, they wouldn't work. I would come back and cry and like call my mom and dad be like, you were right. I should go back to school. Uh, yeah, there, yeah, there was definitely nights like that. So if, if you're going to celebrate 18 years in comedy uh -huh. in October, yeah. Father's day is in June. Yeah. So if you didn't step on stage till October, walk yeah. me through what happened between the Carlos Mencia show on father's day in June yeah. to finally building up the courage to step on stage in October. Yeah. Writing jokes. And just what does that look like? Writing jokes, just sitting there writing jokes, watching stand up, being like, okay, trying to get the rhythm correctly. Mm. And then also doing research because we had the internet, but it was still young, like trying to be like, oh, how do you do this? Like, how do you actually do this? Because mm. now we have all these podcasts that explain like jokes and stuff. So, yeah. uh, or they explain uh, comedians' careers. Everyone's done that interview where every, every, every comic's explained their process their origin story all, all that so but back then we didn't have that so it was just doing a lot of research in terms of like how do, how does one actually do this and then i ended up like you hear about open mics oh people do open mic nights okay and then it was like okay well which open mic am i gonna do like am i just gonna because also i'm young and dumb in the business I, I think, okay, so you do like two or three open mics, then you start getting paid for this, right? Like that that's what you think. And you kind of have to have that dumb optimism to do this job, your job. Like uh, we, we're both big wrestling fans. Like you have to have dumb optimism to be a pro wrestler because you go like, oh, the odds are not yeah. in your favor. Yeah. Like the odds of everyone who said, you, you know, I want to I wanna host shows and I want to talk to celebrities and people go, I, I want to be a pro athlete. I want to be a famous actor, comedian. The vast majority don't make it. So, right. And so, you have to celebrate those really little wins yeah, along the way. Absolutely. So um, I didn't know how hard the job was. So, it, But <laughs> it, 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 it was just doing that research. And I, and I remember finally finding an open mic. I, I grew up in Los Angeles or Orange County. Um, and... Then hearing, oh, the Laugh Factory, that's a big comedy club. Oh, they do open mic. Okay, that's where I should go. But I'll go to the first open mic as a, I'll just go watch it and see if I'm, you know, if I'm good enough to be at this open mic. It became very clear very early I was good enough to be at that open mic. Uh, <laughs> the Laugh Factory open mic. Man, there were a couple that you're like, okay, but yeah. then there was a lot of like, um, there was... I'll, I'll 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 never forget this guy. I found out later he's like an LA open mic legend. Um, his name is Fancy Ray. He's been doing it for like 30, 40 years. But still, he 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 went on stage. He was slightly overweight. He had a bright purple shirt, like just 
popping purple shirt. He buttoned maybe the bottom two buttons. So the shirt was like open. Yeah. He, had, he had glitter all over his face, glitter on his body, hair spiked up and gelled back and styled and everything like that. And he would just go on stage. He would say a one-liner. They were all horrible. And then after the joke bombed, he would just pause and go, I am the best looking man in comedy. And that, I saw that and I'm like, oh yeah, I can sign up. I can do I, I I can do this open mic. Joe Rogan talks about how those types of people, yeah, terrible performers at open mics, yeah, are crucial to the comedy business. Yes, because it makes people who are coming up going, oh, if that guy can do it, yeah, I, I yeah, I can I, surely I do can this. do it. Because yes, if you look at a Joe Rogan, a Brian Regan, John Mulaney, uh, Dave Chappelle, if you look at them, Chris Rock, and just go. Oh, that's what it takes to be a comedian. Yeah. No one would ever sign up because, right. but but what they don't know is how long it took each one of those guys to get there and how much work they had to put in. But if you go to an open mic and see, uh, you know, I am the best looking man in comedy, and that's your and that's your punchline, then uh, yeah, you you go, oh, I can do this, and it's and it's like you say, it's it's those. Little victories along the way that you go. Okay, I, I did my like I did my first open mic. Yeah, awesome. Check that off. Yeah, yep. check that off. Hey, I drove somewhere and did it and like I more than an hour and and I did show. Cool. Okay, I got paid. I got paid to do stand up. Whether it be in cash, whether it be in free drinks and fries. Uh, okay, cool. Like yep. yeah. So yeah, like I, I remember my first gig where I got paid was I was there used to be a com not it wasn't a comedy club it was a blues club out here in Hollywood called BB Kings. Um, it was at the, uh, right over here at U Universal Studios City Walk. And um, they had bands and they needed a comedian to essentially go between bands and uh, talk and while they were switching the gear around and shit. And I saw that ad somewhere and I would like, I, I'm a comedian and they tried me out and I got the job. And uh, it, it was just crowd work. You're just doing crowd work. You, sure. talk, you, you tell a couple jokes. And then uh, you got paid in, in a free hamburger, which <laughs> for me, I was like, sweet. That's all I need, free hamburger. Uh, but you're and, also getting paid in stage time. Yeah. And so I did I did two weeks, and then they switched managers. And then the manager was like, no, no, no. We don't need comedians. And then, so yeah. So I lasted two weeks. But hey, good enough for me. Uh, but yeah, so it's like those little milestones that you just hit. And you go, okay, I'm on my way. Like you, you, yeah. you, you, you don't sign up to, you don't sign up for your first open mic. And then the next day, you're selling out the Madison Square Garden. Like, that's not how it works. I think that far too often in our society, we see the likes and the comments on Instagram. We mm. see the finished product. Yeah. We see the LeBron James, the yeah. Rock. We see Tom yeah. Brady. Yeah. And we don't realize what it took for them to get there. Right. Yeah. And you see, like, hell, uh, let's take The Rock, for instance. Like, you see his character in, uh, you know, when he's doing the third person, when he's when he's telling you what the rock's gonna do, and he's got the raised eyebrow, and he's got yeah. the catchphrases, and every everything's killing, everything's crushing. You're like, oh, he's just naturally that. Good. What you don't see or what you don't remember is Rocky Maivia coming out at Survivor Series as the good guy with some of the worst hair you've ever seen in your life. Some weird like blue, green, and white streamers coming from his neck and just being the hey, I'm I'm a good, I'm a great guy. I'm, I'm Rocky Maivia, and then just crowd just going fuck you. And, and what you don't see before that, yeah. and a lot of people don't talk about with this with The Rock, yeah. is him wrestling 
for 40 people at a flea market. Yep. And and that's that's what it takes. Yeah. Where, whether it be uh, doing, uh, you know, coming up in your business, maybe like doing shows at your college news station, maybe. I'm yes. guessing you did something like that. Of course. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. In fact, I auditioned to be on my campus radio station yeah. and didn't get past the first round of auditions. Ah, yeah. There you go. And kind of as an. Kind of as an fu. Yeah, I went. I'm gonna go do this for real. I don't yep. need the campus radio station. Yep. Yep. And then two years later, worked at the radio station, like there the a- AM station. Yeah, in my college town. There you go. See, and sometimes, sometimes a no can be what you need to motivate you. Whether it be Michael Jordan getting cut from his high school basketball team to be like, oh really, asshole. Okay. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah, sometimes you need to know to make you go, all right, I'm going to show you. And then, and then, and then you go do it. So yeah, mm. just a lot of open mics and driving God knows all over the state. Uh, my favorite story in terms of like, this is what, you know, you talk to young comics about is, uh, there was an open mic at a bar called, uh, Marvin Mary's. I don't think Marvin Mary's is still there, but it's down here in LA. And I was turning into the parking lot. Thought I could make it, couldn't. Ended up getting into a car accident uh, right as the show was about to start. So we're talking. The cops show up. I had signed up already, so I knew where I was in the lineup. I go, hold on. I run in, do the my three minutes, my two minutes, and then run back out and continue to talk about the car accident. <laughs> was any of your bit the fact that you were just in a car accident? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Funny thing happened to me on the way to the show. Uh, you know, it's it, it's that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's those kind of stories. It's the driving uh, six hours up to San Jose, doing 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 a doing a ten minute spot, getting no money, and then driving six hours back. You know, it it, it, it like that night. There, like, oh, there's so many parallels in that world to the world of indie wrestling. Yeah. Oh, I I can only imagine, and, and like indie wrestling, like. It's starting now. Is now with social media indie wrestling? Thankfully for these guys, is starting to be a little more profitable to the yeah. point where some guys are like, "No, I, I don't want to go to WWE because I'm making enough money in 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 in, in the indies." Um, so that's great. But yeah, when you start yeah. and you're and you're the low guy in the card, yeah, there's yeah, you got to drive, God knows how long with God knows who. You got to set you got to set up the ring. You got to. Uh, close down the ring, and you got to do your match, and you got to take tickets. You got to do all that just to yeah. just to get a few bumps in, and or yeah. or to get squashed by the main guy. <laughs> yeah, like um, there's this one indie wrestler that I follow, and like he just he just fought Lance Archer on Dark and got destroyed. But for him, it's like. Yes, he worked, he worked an AEW. I show. worked an AEW show. Like that's the that that like you see those little victories on on the way. That's his. That's that wrestler's biggest moment right yes. now. Is that Lance Archer choke slammed him and beat him in a minute and a half. The first time an indie wrestler gets flown in for a booking, Ooh. that's like oh my gosh, that's like, huge. I'm I'm Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, now. yeah, 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 yeah. First time someone buys your T-shirt. God, yeah, that's a huge one too. What yeah. what for you? Was mm-hmm. your first break Ooh. and your big break, man? So there's a lot of, yeah. So there's a lot of breaks along the way. Yeah. There, there, there's a few. Um, getting on the Mind of Encia show way back in the day, uh, that was probably a break because then uh, a comedy club owner saw me, and that was my first credit. 
to where you know you you, you can say you know him from like you know, like and because oh and here's a little tip for all you guys watching and i it's like known but not known if you ever at a comedy club and you hear the mc or the dj go you've seen him in clubs and colleges all over the country that means they haven't done shit that means and i only say that because at some point we were all there we all had not done shit so you have everyone's gotten the clubs and colleges intro he's played oh. he's played clubs and colleges all over the nope this is his second time on stage he knows the headliner or he owed us he, we, we owe him a favor boom it may not go well uh <laughs> that's yeah the old the old clubs and colleges but so yeah get, getting on that and then um so uh this is a long-winded story and it's very uh indicative of los angeles so i'll try to make i'll try to make it more broad but basically there was a very popular morning radio show out here called the kevin and bean show yeah um, i know it yeah yeah no longer on air unfortunately but uh yes uh one of the members of that show was a guy named ralph garman ralph garman is a very popular podcast uh called uh hollywood babylon with kevin smith um Ralph Garman on Twitter retweeted one of my tweets. I don't know how he saw it. I don't know what, but he saw it. He retweeted it, and it did at that point uh, really good for me, like in terms of tweets and stuff. So the next time Ralph did his live podcast, Hollywood Babylon, with Kevin Smith, I go to Ralph, and I, and I, and I, I know he likes whiskey, and I brought him a really nice bottle of whiskey. And I went, hey, thanks for retweeting me. Like that, wow, I I really okay. I really appreciate it. Yeah, uh, you know I'm a no I'm I'm a nobody. You did that, thank you. And he kind of and he kind of looks at me and goes, "Oh, do you want to come on the show sometime?" I go, "Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I want to go on the Kevin Bean show. It's one of the one of the top radio shows in Los Angeles." Uh, Which then makes it one of the top radio shows, yeah, just, in the country, yeah, yeah, just in general. So I go on the show and. Like the day before, my my chalkboard looked like that meme of Charlie from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, <laughs> like 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 the conspiracy chalkboard. Yeah. Like, okay, if they ask this, I go this. If this this like these jokes are lined up. This is my radio routine. Like I'm gonna go in firing because yeah. as, as someone who has interviewed a ton of people, you know how hard it is for you when you show up and you go like hey so but and the and the uh, person just gives you nothing yeah. just another yeah it's a movie what especially on a morning show oh because often they're too tired to be funny yeah they're tired, tired to be entertaining yeah 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 so I, i'm like no and, and i got i got plenty of sleep i drank coffee so i'd be hyper uh and i never drink coffee so i was really hyper. um <laughs> so like i've got that whole thing and i, and I plan it out and i do my interview on the show it goes well at the end of the interview, they, they like they go, all right, that was Brad Williams. Check him out. I see my Twitter at the time, like just start blowing up, oh, and wow. they look at me and go, "What are you doing in April?" April is their big comedy show at the time. It was called April Foolishness, and I go, "I'm not doing anything in April." They're like, "All right, do you want to be on April Foolishness?" And I go, "Fuck yeah!" So at the time, it was at the Gibson Amphitheater, which held doesn't exist anymore, but it holds, uh, I think, it held nine thousand. Yeah, I think like not like nine thousand people. Someone could Google it. It's it, it might be four. I don't know, but uh, but way more than what you were performing. Yes, way more for the, for the lackluster ticket sales at at comedy clubs. Yeah, do that. And on the show, just to give you an idea what, what the show is, it's a lot of people. It's thousands of people 
on that lineup was uh, Bob Saget, uh, Jim Jeffries, uh, Tim Minchum, Eddie Izzard, Jay Moore. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, nobody's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just an insane lineup. Yeah. So I go on. I do my set. I'm I'm near the beginning. I do my set. I end my set by uh, bringing one of the girls from the show. Her name is Lisa May. She was like she was the traffic reporter uh, on the show. I bring her on stage. Give her a lap dance um, on the stage. The place goes ape shit. Uh, get a standing ovation. Jay Moore is on after me. He walks on and goes, "Okay." Let's just be honest. Right now, before I start, after Brad Williams, we're all playing for second place. Wow. And this is on that show with that lineup. And that was a quote that made the newspaper the next day of like there's a bunch of like uh, writers there from the entertainment section. And they, and they were, it, it, it was all about this was the Brad Williams coming out party. Like, holy shit. Wow. So that was a big break. Yeah. And then people in LA saw that and people started that started circulating and uh yeah and then you do that and then the the first showtime special that's a big break the netflix uh the degenerates that's a big break um but then even going on like uh i've been on uh, the rogan podcast i've been on your mom's house podcast uh, which is tom segura's podcast yep. they have insane fan bases and that those were big breaks you started yep. selling tickets after that um, this is not happening. Uh, that show uh, for Comedy Central, the YouTube story that I told has over like two and a half million views. Like that was a break. Yeah. Like it's all these little breaks that add up. Like it, very few times do you have that moment in show business where it's like today, no one knows about you. Tomorrow, everyone knows about you. Like yeah. I can't even like I can like the ones that I can think of that are actually that didn't actually pan out like remember ken bone he he was during i know it sounds like a porn star but he he <laughs> yes. asked a question during a presidential debate and his name's ken bone he, he had a wearing, great sweater yeah he had a great sweater and yeah. the next day everyone knew about him like you could have and that then the next week they forgot about him yes exactly so i mean uh the close thing i have and it sounds insane but like i remember there was a time where no one in the united states of america knew who ricky martin was no one then he went on the Grammys. He performed the Grammys, and everyone went, "Holy shit! Yeah. Who the fuck is this guy?" Yeah. But then it's that's fair. That's unfair to say that he blew up after that because he was a menudo and he was a big Latin star before that. So that's completely denying all those years. That but he it put takes in. you to that new threshold. It's yeah. that idea that like you're the 12 year overnight success, yep. like like Sebastian right now. Oh my god. Or like Kevin Hart. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's like, dude, Kevin Hart. People have told legendary stories about <laughs> Kevin Hart getting email addresses together and um, mailing lists and packing clubs and going to malls and passing out flyers and but, like doing all this stuff just so we can sell tickets uh, there and having that work ethic. Uh, Sebastian, uh, legendary stories of him being a waiter, running back to the comedy store, doing his set while wearing his waiter outfit, running back and done, didn't miss tables, like didn't didn't tell oh my god didn't, didn't, didn't tell his tables like hey i'm gonna go do so this guy's gonna take over no didn't yeah. miss just went back to the set ran back yeah and there there are stories about that and now he's selling out arenas all all all, all over the world so I it's think, great i think you might be at the level now where maybe they don't know your name is brad williams sure. maybe they're not familiar with your brand of comedy sure but they are aware that <laughs> there is a dwarf comedian 
If you Google Midget Comic, I believe <laughs> my photo pops up. I believe it's my website. So yeah, like, and that's all like, all I want is for people to go, oh yeah, that guy. Like that. Well, you're, that you're that's there. All, that's all I need. You're there. That's all I need. You're that guy. Good. I want. That's all I want. Like when people see me to go like, oh yeah, that's a comedian. Or when they see my name um, up on the marquee, like if they're going to see somebody else, like you know, may, maybe they're going to go see. Uh, Whitney Cummings, and then they look up and go, "Oh, Brad Williams is going to be here in a few weeks." Okay, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's come back and see him. Like that's that's all you want. I just want to, I just want my name to be associated with comedian, and that's it. Do you think you need a a big role in a movie or in a TV show? You know what? To I, really get to that next level, I don't want that. No. Oh, okay. I don't want that. Here's what I want. Okay. I want to be Brian Regan. I want to be Sebastian Maniscalco. Because, yes, he was, uh, Sebastian was um, in The Irishman, you know, huge movie. Right. And, but he uh, wasn't a huge role in it. Right. That. He's not that part where you go, Who is, who's this guy? Yeah. Like, it, so all I want is for people to know me as a stand up, come see my shows, have a special every few years. Cool. You don't you don't want to be hour. like Andrew Dice Clay where you're peppered into a film every once in a while? Maybe, but huh. I really like stand up. I really like stand up. I love it. I it's, would, yeah, you definitely more than like it. It, it, it. It's so, it like, I get an audition now and I almost, I don't get mad, but I go, Ugh. like, 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 I have to do this thing and I have to prepare. And it's I got a lot of work. Do all, it, it is. It's more, it's more work than you think. And, um, I don't, and I, I don't like doing it where I, I go, stand, stand up. I'm the writer, I'm the producer, I'm everything. And whatever happens in stand up is almost a direct result of me. Whereas, like, so in in acting, you have to you have to audition, and the person has to the casting director has, has to go. Yeah, I like that person. Like you 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 need that person to be like, no, I like you. I give you permission to be in our show or movie or whatever. Yeah. If you're trying to sell a TV show, you need networks and a bunch of executives to be like, yes, that I believe this is our brand, and they have to make the decision. For stand up, you have to be funny. But here's the thing with stand up. Just gotta be just gotta be funny. You are the brand in mm -hmm. stand-up. Mm -hmm. If your character doesn't work in a TV show, you could go, ah, bad writing, bad yeah. producing, yeah. bad directing, yeah. bad casting, whatever. Yeah. If you don't work in stand-up, yeah. it's because you didn't work. Yeah. And I like that. Oh. Because I trust me. Yeah. I trust me to do the work. I trust me to make it work. And but it's also hard to not take that personally. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But like I like knowing that if it doesn't work out, it's because I fucked up. Because I can control that. I believe I can control that. Mm. If a show doesn't work out, if a TV show doesn't work out, then that could be any number of reasons why it didn't work out that I had absolutely no control over whatsoever. Yeah. So um, there's a movie out uh, right now with Eric Andre called uh, Bad Trip. It's on Netflix. Mm -hmm. yep. um, it's a great movie. And the whole concept of the movie, for those of you who don't know, is it's like it's like a it, it, it's like a sitcom but it's taking place in real life with real people and there's insane like imagine if you were just walking down the street and a chase scene happened from Fast and the Furious and you're and, and you're like the fuck yeah. like but they're also getting the people's reactions that's what the movie is it's a brilliant concept yeah. and i'm laughing about it because about Seven, eight years ago, I was in a pilot for NBC that did not go. It did not get picked up, but it was a sitcom that took place in the real world. We would go to dinner 
And those sitcom family family arguments would happen at a restaurant with real people that didn't know they were on a show. Mm. So we would like throw gravy at each other and everyone would go like there was one scene where I was at a where I was at a bookstore with my uh, twin brother who wasn't a dwarf. Yeah, fun. Uh, <laughs> it's a weird show. Uh, and like something happened and all the bookshelves fe- fell over and like like we rigged it to where it would happen that way. But then no no one in the store knew that that was going to happen. It's their real reactions. It's us reacting to it. I thought it was brilliant, um, but it didn't go. And mm. for whatever reason, name name your reason. Uh, but in that case, you can't go. Not my fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can say not my fault, but I don't want it. I don't want to do that. I want it to be my fault because yeah. then I have control. If if it's because a new executive doesn't like that kind of show or or the writing wasn't good or whatever, then it's like, well, then why the fuck am I doing it? If if you're if you're gonna fuck it up, like it's the team sport versus the individual sport. If, yeah. Like, um, yep. If Roger Federer doesn't win at tennis, it's because Roger Federer wasn't good at tennis. If the guard from your favorite football team does everything right, he could still lose because uh, the wide receiver dropped it, the quarterback threw the wrong guy, the, the sure. running back fumbled it, or the or the defense sucked. Like all of that can happen, and he's like, "Mother, like you know, it, 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 it's it's every name every great player that didn't win a championship, and then you have like Adam Morrison who's won two. Uh, and if you don't know who that is, he was a great college player, went to the Lakers, was sitting on the bench, never got in the game, won two championships. But he has two rings. But he has two rings. So it's like, <laughs> it, it's that whole thing of like, what do you prefer? Do you want yeah. teammates who you can rely on, who can possibly fuck up, and then also pick you up when you're not doing well? Or do you want to be the individual show where it's like, no, no, it's you. It's you, it's all you, and if it goes wrong, it's you. It, Wouldn't you think, though, that when preference. you get an audition or you get a breakdown, mm-hmm. they're looking for you? You would think that. Uh, I had a I had an incident during an audition one time um, where they uh, it was for it was for a commercial. I won't say the brand, um, but but in the audition it said we are looking for a funny little person. I'm talking funny, improv comedy, prop comedy, like. F- great comedic timing like just everything like yeah, that you're like, and i'm better yeah and i'm reading the part like holy shit like yeah. yeah me great um so i get to the audition and they're like okay for, the, for this audition we want you to mime picking up those boxes and putting them on the shelf there there there's no boxes there's no shelf but like pick up the box yeah. and, and i go okay and then what and they go no oh, that's it and i did it and then and i try i try i try to do it funny and then they told me like no 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 just play it for real and i'm like but you want okay so i did it and then they went, okay, that's all. And I stopped in the room and went, the breakdown said this. And they go, uh-huh, that's what, that's what we need. And I went, that's me. Okay, just so you know, if this is what you want, me. Like, yes, there are other very talented dwarf actors out there. Uh, there are other dwarf comedians out there. There are funny little people out there, no doubt. But I go, if this is what you want, this is literally me and me alone. Yeah. Give me the fucking like, like, and I kind of, I kind of said that to him like in the room. Didn't get the part probably because of that. Uh, but like, it made me so it infuriated me because I'm like, you literally just said, yeah. we, you literally just said we want Brad Williams. Brad Williams showed up, and then you went, mm, but what can you do? like? And there's so many stories that uh, well, like sometimes not not everybody will know this, but sometimes you'll get a breakdown and it will say we're looking for a <laughs> Ryan Reynolds type. Yeah, and you're like. Get Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, right. 
So Call him. It sounds like here they were saying, we want a Brad Williams type. Yeah, and then Brad Williams showed up and they're like, but Kenny. It's like, did what? you see who they ended up casting? Uh, I did. Because they cast anybody who would like, Maybe it was Asian or black. You could go, ah, right. I go, okay, that's what yeah. you wanted, and and that and that does happen sometimes where yeah. I, where I, I don't get a part, um, and go, wow, and then I see the person's performance and go, cool, like, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, okay. So you saw the you saw the movie that you saw the movie Joker, of course. Uh, there's a dwarf in that mm-hmm. movie. Uh, oh, you auditioned for it? Yes, I I I auditioned for that one. Didn't get it. I thought I thought I did well. I was really mad about not getting the part, and then I saw. Uh, his name is Lee. He's a great actor. I saw what he did, and I went, "Oh, yeah, yeah. him. Okay, yeah, give that to him. He, I, he won." And I've Good gone, job. I've gone in for auditions, and then I see the person that they cast. I go, "I was nothing like that person. <laughs> why did you call me? Yes, yeah, why was yeah. I there? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, so, and it's just a crazy business that way. But, and that's one of the reasons why I, I love being a stand-up comedian because if I don't get the part, if my show doesn't go, if Whatever doesn't happen, I still have comedy. You'll, I have, comedy. and you'll always have. Yeah, I, I can't stop doing that. Like the, the worst case scenario is, I literally never write another joke, and I just do the same act that I'm doing right now for the rest of my life. But yeah. the act works, so there'll always be some people that laugh. There'll be people that get tired of it and never come back and see me. Uh, but it'll always get some laughs. So yeah. that's the worst case. So I got. And, that, and that's why I'm really happy to be a comedian. A lot of people that are watching this or listening to this will know you from the Chris Jericho Cruise. Oh, yeah. The Rock and Rager. The How did Rock that, and Wrestling Rager at Sea. Rock C. and Wrestling Rager at Sea. Okay. I'll, How did that connection happen? I'll tell you this story. And by, and by the way, I think for the new one, or the third one, some cabins, it, it was sold out, but I think some cabins just became available, and it's a complicated vaccine situation it's some politics i don't know i don't want to step there but anyway um so yeah if you want to go look it up um so yeah the chris jericho rock and wrestling rager at sea which is the like people make fun of comedians on cruises not this one (laughs) this is it's comedy it's uh metal rock bands and it's wrestling on a fucking boat like how this yes this is this is my people this is my cruise so i'm doing this is how that happened. So I was doing the uh, Tampa Improv, and I was headlining it, and I do meet and greets after every show, and this uh, lovely, um, attractive blonde woman uh, comes up to me after the show and says, wow, that was really great. You, you were really funny. You know my husband's in show business. He, 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 he would really like you. And whenever I hear my husband's in show business, my son's doing stand-up, my whatever, the I'm just like, uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Your yeah. Your yeah. husband's in show business uh-huh. out here in Tampa. Yeah. Okay. So he's done like a used car commercial. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like that's what's going through my head. So yep. I go, Oh, your husband's in show business, and I just kind of nonchalantly go, Oh, who's your husband? She goes, Chris Jericho. And I go, Oh, <laughs> egg on my face. Okay. Well, please tell him hi. I'm a big fan. Blah blah blah. Like and and, and I probably and, and I probably geeked out and said way too many inside information about Chris Jericho during that time where she's like, how do you know that? Uh, yeah, you had that thing in your house. I, 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 I haven't been there. Um, but she goes, no, I'm, I'm going to tell him about you. And I go, okay, cool. And I think, I, I think, well, there's a fun story I can tell people, but I, yeah. I, I don't think really anything of it. Uh, a few days later, I get a, I get a DM on Twitter and it's from Chris Jericho. And I'm a lifelong wrestling fan. Like we geeked out before the before the cameras went on. Yeah. Um. And Chris Jericho is definitely one of my favorites. 
And so he DMs me and says, hey, man, I'm gonna, uh, my, my wife says you're really funny. I'm, I'm going to be out uh, in L.A. in a couple months. You want to do my podcast? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes, Chris Jericho. Yeah. Um, so I we set a date, and I go to his studio where he does his podcast. And I sit down, and I talk with him for an hour. It's a talk, talk is Jericho. Mm-hmm. I, I try not to geek out too much. I try to act professional. There's probably some moments where I geeked out. Um, and then at the end of the, we stopped the podcast and he goes, wow, that was really fun. Like, cool. Nice to meet you. And, um, we got along really well. And then, uh, he goes, you know, what? I'm doing this, this is before it was announced. This is the first cruise. He goes, you know, I'm doing this cruise thing. Like, what do you think? Do you think it's going to, I go, how can I be on this cruise? Yeah. And he's like, I can't really pay you that much. Cause I'm losing money on it. And, and I go, I don't care. Pay me. Don't pay me. Yeah. It's, a, it's wrestling on a boat. Yeah. I want to do this cruise. And at the time, AEW didn't exist. So it was Ring of Honor versus oh, versus right. is Impact Wrestling. Yeah, so it was right it, before AEW was announced. Yeah. Um, so, which was really cool because there was still a Chris Jericho-Kenny Omega match on that boat. So we got to see that. Um, so yeah, it, it, it was amazing. I go, yes, I will do it. And I, I did the cruise. I did shows. But one thing is that I went to everything. Like every wrestling event, I was there. Um, every rock performance, I tried to go see. Every because every live podcast I did, I was I, I, I was involved in some of them. At, at one point, uh, Jim Ross called me uh, humping Don Callis's leg, where he's like, "Good God Almighty, that leg's got a family!" It, it <laughs> oh was, my God! It was it was like the biggest nerd moment, and I did everything. And Jericho noticed that. Like I was at the one man shows, like. Mick Foley did his one-man show. Jericho did the one-man show. Um, and I did that stuff. And he's like, oh, you're really like you're really into this. And the fans saw that too. So the fans were like, oh, Brad's not just showing up here for a paycheck. Well, like the, he like, wants one to do this. Us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One one of of us. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so uh, after that, Jericho and I legitimately, and I can say this honestly, became friends. Like friends. There, there's one time I was in Columbus, Ohio. I noticed that uh, his band Fozzie was doing a rock festival there at that time. And uh, I was like, hey, I'm in Columbus. You're doing Columbus. And he goes, oh, I'm done at like 2 o'clock. We're one of the day sets, so I'll come see you. And he drove by himself over an hour and a half, just showed up at the comedy club. He's like, hey. You know, and he walked up and, and he, you know, I'm Chris Jericho. And they're like, yeah, we know. We can't get in here. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, he watched the show and hung out afterward. It was great. Like, uh, we're legitimately oh, uh, man. friends right now. And it's, it, it's the weirdest thing. Cause I, cause I have to like, he, he's a great guy, yeah. the best dude. And then I have to remind myself like, oh yeah, that's, that's like one of your heroes when you were a kid. Yeah. Like, and now you're friends with him. That's the weirdest shit ever. He's such a good guy. He's a great guy. And he makes time. Like his texts aren't just like, okay. Yes. Yes. He, 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 he makes like, okay, time to he's, communicate. He's caring. He read it. Yeah. He knows. He knows. He, he knows what we're talking about. So, um, I was going to be on the second Jericho cruise, but then uh, my wife had the nerve to get pregnant. I know. All how her fault. dare she? <laughs> so, uh, did, wasn't able to do that one because it's partly your fault yeah, too. Yeah, I had something to do with it. Um, but yeah, the due the due date was like a week before the cruise. So it couldn't be like, all right, you're born, you're healthy, good, all right, bye. Like, I, 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 I couldn't do that. Sure. So I didn't do that. 
Uh, but now I'm on the third one. Um, I'm I'm hosting it and and also doing some stand up shows on it. Love it. So yeah, it'll it'll be great. I can't wait. It's it's the most fun. It's the most fun if you're a wrestling fan because like I said, it's rock music. It's comedy and all the comedians on it either like wrestling or associate with wrestling in some way. So they're not just getting people that are like I said, are just showing up for the paycheck. Like these are all people yeah. that have respect for the business. So uh, it's it's gonna be a blast. That's such a good story that I think we're going to end on that story. Let's but do it, man. Where can people find you online? Yeah, uh, you can find me. Go to my website, bradwilliamscomedy.com. That's got links to everywhere, but if you want the shortcuts, Instagram. The shortcuts? That's the name of the next special, maybe. I don't know. Um, but then go to Instagram, at bradwilliamscomic, uh, Twitter, at funnybrad. Uh, but my whole touring schedule is on my website. Um, we talked about this before. You are on the road pretty much every weekend for the next year. I got I, I got college to eventually pay for. Uh, so yes, I'm on, I, I'm on the road um, 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 pretty much all the time. So if I'm not in your city, wait. I'll yes. I'll I'll be there. I'll, I'll I'll be within a stone's throw. No no problem. Just a short distance yeah. away. Get okay. You're funny. No. You're funny, Chris yeah. Van Vliet. Yeah. Van Vliet. I end every interview with the same question because okay. six I'm, inches. <laughs> well, there we oh. go. Oh, okay, no, 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 no. no I'm, I'm very driven by gratitude, oh, and okay. I feel like uh, I start and end every day mm. saying out loud three things that I'm grateful for. So oh. I end every interview with this too, okay. because it gets people that are listening to think in that same term of like, hey, I can be grateful as well. Yeah. Man. So what are three things in your life that you're grateful for right now? Wow, it's a it, it's it's such a simple question, but also such a great question where where it, it, it does it, it makes you stop and go like well because so many people yeah. think about the things they don't have yeah instead of thinking about the things that they do have yeah uh i'm very grateful uh that my wife is patient <laughs> and lets me go on the road and do stuff on the road and entertain she and let us hang out today she let us hang out today you know she's got the baby there and uh because I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm wealthy enough to where I, I've, I'm okay. I'm not wealthy enough to where I've got a staff of nannies and we just wake up and we go, oh, I'd like to see the children today. And we wander in and see the child whenever we feel like. It's like, no, we're there. We're in it. We're doing all this stuff. Um, so, yes, I'm very grateful, very grateful to have a uh, patient wife, uh, very grateful to have a uh, healthy daughter. And I don't want to make this a political thing, but very grateful for the vaccine because I can now go back on the road and I can do stand up and I can do uh, meet and greets afterward and not worry about me getting sick or me passing it off to anyone. Or if I do get sick, it won't be as bad. So, uh, yes. Uh, yay, science. Um, uh, so, yeah, I'll say that I'm grateful for the vaccine. And here come the tweets. Oh. <laughs> Save your tweets. Whether you're pro or anti-vaccine, I think we can be happy that we're able to leave our houses now. Yes. We're able to eat in a restaurant again. Yes. yes. We're able to go to comedy shows, to movie theaters. Yes. Thank God. My, my industry shut down for a year and I do yeah. virtual shows, which don't get me wrong, part, they, they were okay. But yeah, it's kind of weird when you tell a joke about anal sex and you see someone's... <laughs> You see someone's three-year-old like wander into the camera, and you're like, "All right, send me the invoice for the therapy." I know I just caused that kid some harm, but yes, uh, thanks for having me. Thank, thank, thank you thank, so thank, much. Thanks for having me to the apartment and, sh and showing me all your Emmys. Do I have to polish them now? Is that one of the things? Yep. Uh, that's okay, what I brought you here. I gotta go polish his uh, daytime Emmys, <laughs> please. Thank you so much. <laughs> thanks, Bob.